God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, here we are, yet another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. We've defied the odds. We've we've somehow created the magic soup again, and the ladle has been dipped in, and uh, we're about to give a little taste of it to our listeners, and I think uh, I think they're going to like it. Well, yes, we have reduced the salt content for our, you know, to try to keep it, you know, healthy, healthier for our listeners. It was a little heavy on the salt at first, but I mean, we've been in the kitchen for a while, so this isn't something we just reheated in the microwave. No, this is a, no. this is a highly cared for goulash, and uh, we thinned it out. We put a little more broth in there, and I think it's almost ready for public consumption. But I can't really be the one to decide that. I created. I'm you know, one half of the magic. Yeah. Someone had a birthday this week. Someone had a little birthday sitch going on. Oh, really? On. Who? Christopher Columbus? Christopher Columbus. Happy birthday. Rotten hell. How old is he now? He's like 800. <sighs> yeah, he's somewhere up there. I, I, I don't have my abacus handy to do the math, but... Here, you can you can borrow mine. Oh, hold on. Want. Okay, I can borrow it? Hold on. Here it is. Hold on. Let me make some abacus sounds. Oh, yeah, he's 800. What'd you do for your birthday? Did you do anything fun? Dude, you're good at that. You're good at that abacus. Thank you. I am rusty. I'm not sure how it works at all. I use it mainly to hang up my wet shorts. Well, it has a bunch of beads, and it took me the first few months to realize that you don't actually put those in your ass. But once I... Wet, wet, hold up, zip. (laughs) But once I left the doctor's office for the fourth time, I was like, oh, you use these to count. You, you, you count and you push one, two, three, right. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine beads up your ass. <laughs> Here's what I know about birthdays they get less fun after you get out of your teens. Yeah. Once you get out of your teens, you're basically in a place. Well, you know this. How do you feel about your birthday? Uh, not great. Sad. Yeah. It gives me the excuse to fuck off. Yeah. You get a day. To, you get a day. But but you know what's even kind of weird about that too? Because we, my wife and I, both do that for each other's birthdays, right? It's like this is your day, and it's a sincere like I'm going to make the food you want. I'm going to let you do whatever you want. But there's right. a sadness to it where it's like, but it's just this one day, and and yeah. t- the clock is starting. So we're going to yeah. make it special for you, but life's going to move on real quick. Yeah, don't get too acclimated to don't this enjoy special <laughs> lifestyle because. It's going to end real shortly. Yesterday, Nova said, uh, she said, you always call me buddy. And I said, well, you're my buddy. I said, you're my best friend. And she said, are we always going to be friends? And I was like, absolutely, we're always going to be friends. And she said, even when you die? And I thought, well, this isn't fun. I'm like, well, I'm not telling her. We're not going to talk about that right now. And then I, and then it, you know, it's like an hour of me just having to contemplate my own death. And I was like, God, this, uh, like being alive, man, that the, 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 the freight train coming for all of us is real scary. I think it's called existential dread. And I've been having it the last couple of days. Yeah. And I don't like it. 
I know. It, it's like this horrible thing you can't really look at for long. You, it's like looking into the sun. I mean, sometimes you got to look at it and you get a, a stiff reminder, but you can't look at it too long. You'll go blind. Well, here's the thing. If you're not looking at it, if you're looking away from it, uh, you can kind of make believe all kinds of fun stuff. Like, oh, nothing exists. It's all, you know, this is all simulation. We're, this is a video game we're playing. We're these eternal beings. We're just here, you know, playing playing parts assigned to us in this video game. Mm-hmm. And you can have fun all day long making up those things. But when you actually look into the fucking abyss, all those little notions about Jesus and and Krishna and uh, video game simulations and all these little man-made theories go right out the window. I, uh, I got a new dentist. So I had my first like meet your new dentist and got my teeth clean and all that shit. And because it was a new dentist, they had to do x-rays of my teeth just to get a, you know, get a catalog of all whatever I've got going on. But it was this one I'd never done before. It's this huge machine, these x-rays that swivel around your head, but you bite onto this thing and there's a fucking mirror like two feet from your face. And for about 90 seconds, I had to <laughs> just look into what I will now refer to as the dead zone. And like, I felt too childish to, like, I wanted to close my eyes, Bob. I wanted to not look. And then I was like, well, let's just do it. It was almost like jumping off a cliff. I was like, let's just fucking do it. Let's just have this experience. And I just looked at my face for 90 seconds and, whew, buddy, not fun. That is not a fun thing to do. Man, there was this lady who told me that I need to look in the mirror and like look into my eyes in the mirror. (laughs) Yeah. And then tell myself that I'm beautiful <laughs> and that I love you. Wow. And so I did that a couple times and it was weird and strange because it's not something you do. <laughs> it's not uh, normal, no. But I think that's like a good thing to do. Like, like once, a, once a day or just kind of pop it, dip into that sauce? Man, if you can make yourself do it once a day, I think it's a good thing because- most of the stuff that I tell myself is not true about me. Right. Like that I'm some kind of monster or that I'm whatever, you know, like I don't deserve anything or, or I'm not talented, whatever it is, all the things I'm, I'm not deserving of love or whatever it is, they're all lies. And so, and maybe you're beautiful and I love you is a lie too, but that's a lie that I think makes you feel good. And it's a lie that I need to tell myself more often. And like, I just remembered, I just thought about it when you were talking about that. I was like, oh, I need to do that more because I just, I haven't done it in years now. Well, I think it sounds cool. I mean, I I like the idea of doing it just on your own terms in the privacy of your own home, doing it in a fucking stark white uh, clinical room with a hygienist standing right next to me feeling fat and horrible and ugly and like I got a bunch of gray hairs in the old beard. I was like, man, but I got a good report from the dentist, which doesn't happen often. And, uh, been really keeping things tight and right in the, uh, tooth department and, uh, got a good report. I was like, I like this. I guess going to the dentist is fun when you don't 
feel guilty all the time. Dude, I barely take care of my teeth. My if my teeth were kids, they would definitely be on the side of a milk carton. Like the fact that my that I have most of my teeth is a shocking to me. I do not care for them at all. Well, we got an email that's pertinent to your birthday. And we don't have to keep talking about your birthday, but we did get a sweet email about it that I, f- I figured you'd like to hear if you're into let's, it. Let's roll into it real soft and smooth like. You can write into us, bobandclint at gmail.com. This is from Kelly Grady, who says, Hello, and Clint too. Hello Bob and Clint too. Longtime listener, first time emailer. I've always wanted to write in, but I've never had an occasion to do so since it's Bob's birthday. I thought I'd send an email to the pod to say happy birthday, Bob. I'm such a huge fan of your music, and I consistently bring frunk first-timers to your shows. Traditionally, we pregame with dinner and drinks, so by the time the show's over and it's time for the meet and greet, I'm pretty loosey-goosey. In real life, I'm an extrovert who doesn't need liquid courage. I also never get tongue-tied or embarrassed, but every time I do a meet and greet with you, I completely lose my cool. Not Arkham Asylum Lady Crazy, which she says, I was at that show, by the way, and I wanted to die in that moment. But I almost always leave embarrassed after saying something absolutely asinine. She says, each show I tell my friends, do not let me say anything except, great show, can I get a photo? And every time, they and I fail. And then she goes, she lists some of the funny things she said to you. And I'm, they're funny, first of all. And two, I'm curious if you remember any. She says, one time I confessed that my sister doesn't give blowjobs. I'll never forget her jaw hitting the floor that night and our girlfriend doubling over in laughter. Oops. Do you remember that? She says, another time I asked if you were nervous about your flight home because that day had been all over the news that pilots had been caught drinking before takeoff. My husband later reminded me about your fear of flying. Double oops. (laughs) That's definitely a thing not to talk to Bob about before he gets on a plane. Like maybe I have a vague memory of that, but I don't know. I'm so good at like just forgetting everything that happens. She says, then in a moment of complete Bob hysteria, I wrapped my arms around your waist like I would do with one of my best friends for a photo. You laughed awkwardly and said, what's happening? Please tell me I'm not the worst. I'm so sorry, Bob. I hope that by bringing people to the shows and creating more FAYM fans, you can forgive me. I'll try to do better. Anyways, Minneapolis is looking forward to having you back. Bring Clint. I remember he was once at a fine line gig and the two of you were exchanging glances and laughing throughout the whole show. I was in the front row dancing like a maniac thinking, oh God, they're definitely laughing at me. And I hope, I really hope my boob doesn't fall out. But I was having too much fun to carry either way. Thank you so much for all the joy you bring to the world with your art and your music. And thank you for the IOK podcast. It's been a bright light in an otherwise bleak year. Much love to you both. Happy birthday, Bob. KG. And then she sent a bunch of pictures that she has with you through the years. It's really, it's a really touching thing. Send me a picture of her, of her and I together. Just message me that so I can checking out i remember that fine line gig i don't remember you and i laughing during it a lot but Do we you remember this lady no i don't it makes sense that we were probably laughing together at the show we often did that something funny going on all right yeah i remember this lady for sure well she took the time to send a touching email and i think that's really cool that is very cool here's what i know about me what about you i was looking real good a few years ago and then at some point I got fat and then I've just kind of stayed fat for most of the time since then. Like I always think, ah, I'm kind of going back and forth now. Most of the time fat (laughs) for about the last eight years. And I don't like it. Well, happy birthday. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So dude, this other thing, 
since we're talking about affirmations and stuff and feeling good, the other thing I heard this Buddhist say one time, he's talking about like just going around and looking at people or you can do it with things, but I think it's pretty cool to do it with people, but you just look at a person and you don't say it, but you think it, you go, I love you just to everybody that you see. And the idea is I don't love you for any reason other than I have the opportunity right now to love you. Not because of what you are or what you're not, but just because you're here and I get to love you and I want to take this opportunity to to do that. And so I love you. Dude, when you do that, when you're walking around looking at everybody going, I love you, dude, you're having a good day. You're feeling real good. But when you're walking around doing what I normally do, which is like, man, what is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with that dude? What is fucking wrong with that dude over there? Why is he doing like that's what I normally am doing? Yeah, that well, that's that's more accurate. I think that's more correlated with observable reality. And if you love, no, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you can you have the choice to do either. And when you're doing the I love you. Dude, you're feeling good. You're well, walking around spoon, feeling good. Spoonful of sugar helps medicine go down, I guess. But what does that say about the people that who've earned your love? I just feel like my love is hard-earned, and the people who have it, like you and my family and my close friends, they they did the time and they earned it. And if I just offer that cheaply to people who don't deserve it, didn't earn it, don't know anything about it, I just feel like it it cheapens what my friends have earned for me. I know, but the only thing that makes you feel good is loving stuff. So if you could love everything and everyone, dude, you're just going to be feeling good all the time. It's not about them. You're not, and again, like you can look at a a murderer and go, I love you. You're not condoning them being a murderer. You're not saying, I love you because you're a murderer. I love you because you're the kind of person I want to hang out with. You're saying, I love you because you exist. And because you exist, I have this opportunity to treat myself to this sweet, sweet experience of loving you. And Mm. that's what I'm going to do. Because it's the greatest gift I can give myself is to love you. Dude, I'm telling you, that shit is the fucking bomb, deli, bomb, bomb. I just respectfully disagree. There are people who are not worthy of my love. And I'm, you know... I'm okay. But with here's that. the th- but here's the thing. You loving them or not loving them is not going to affect them in any way whatsoever. It only affects you. So why not do the best thing you can do for yourself? I don't think it's good for me to love people who haven't earned it. I don't think that's good for me. I'm I'm disagreeing with you kind of funda- fundamentally. Here's a, I'm not saying hang out with them. I'm not saying have a <laughs> I get I'm not it. saying having a conversation yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm not saying like like them. I think it would be uh, spiritually poisonous for me to, even in my own internal world, love someone who tried to hurt me, for example, or tried to hurt my family. Well, most people aren't trying to hurt you or your family actively. Well, I'm just saying some people deserve it, some people don't. I'm just, giving, I'm just kind of drawing a clear line of maybe someone who wouldn't deserve it. I mean, it would be tough to like, somebody's like trying to kill your family and at the same time you're like going, I love you. Not because of <laughs> Hold on, because you're trying to kill my family. Hold on, you just tried to kill my kid, but let me give myself a quick gift here. I love you. 
<laughs> but because <laughs> you exist and I want to love you. But dude, the Buddha, when he was being so he he basically spent the the last part of his life just surrounded by followers, hanging out and just enjoying the good times. Like he didn't do anything. He was just the only thing he had to do was was be aware of whatever the present was. And by being aware of the present and being in the present, he was teaching people the real true gift of, of life. And so at one point, somebody, somebody, a hater, you know, <laughs> somebody, one of the jealous people were like, fuck you, Buddha. Fuck you in your meeting the present and gives him a bowl of poison rice. And so the Buddha eats the rice. And as soon as he realizes that the rice is poison. He tells all of his followers, he's like, hey, look, somebody just gave me this poison rice, but please don't like, I know you're going to want to hate this guy. I know you're going to want to like hurt him because I'm going to die. But he's given me this great gift where I have this opportunity now where I get to die. Oh my God. Because he gave me this poisoned rice. But well, he's the motherfucking Buddha, dude. Well, he's wrong about that one. Buddha, but, Buddha make a boo-boo. But he's not wrong about it because what happens with that is that at that point, no matter what anybody does to you, they're supporting you and they're giving you this opportunity to experience something. And then every single person in the world is supporting you, no matter what they do. Dude, it's the it's the bomb deli bomb bomb. Sounds like a big boo-boo to me. No thanks. No thank you. I'll... I'll Sorry, I don't see the poison rice as a, some sort of gift or opportunity to experience death. I see it as you taking from me the most important and precious thing that I had on on the planet and leaving my kid without a father. And in my last words will be to my, my followers, kill that motherfucker now. But you're still going to die. Yeah, that's okay. Anyways, I don't know, man. It's pretty powerful stuff, man. I know for me that the the only real goal that I have as a human being is to try to love as much as I possibly can. Well, I mean, I will say this. I want to love people more. I want to believe in people more. I'm not going to give them that gift because uh, they had, you can't change it for me. You have to earn love. But you're not, me. Gi- you're not giving them the gift. You loving them or not loving them has no effect on them at all. It does have it an effect only, on it. Them. Only, no, it, does. it only affects it does. you. No, if I if I suddenly decided to love my neighbor, he always wants to talk to me. He always wants to spend time with me. He's always up in my shit, and I'll I give him the cold shoulder quite often. If I decided, you know what, I want and I want to do this. If I was like, I want to love him more. I want to listen. I want to listen to his story. Spend more time with him. Ask him questions about himself. He's a lonely man. He needs company. I'm going to start loving him by giving him that time and that attention and that TLC. That does affect him. That would make his life happier. And it would probably make me happier to do it. Yeah, for sure. It would make you happier. So I want to love, I want people to earn my love more. <laughs> I want to believe in people. Right. I don't, but I don't the, think I give the, them, the, I don't think I give people the opportunity as much as I should, is I think what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But really, it's again, loving is not about, it's not, it's a selfish act. Like Mother Teresa talks about it in her book. She said that the only reason that she was, helping all these people, you know, all the lepers and stuff was because it made her feel good. And now people gave her a bunch of shit. Now she's dead. She didn't give a fuck, dude. She's hanging out with Jesus. So she didn't give a fuck what anybody's saying about her, but they, they got all upset. They're like, Oh man, 
you know, why did she say this? I, I thought she was all selfless and, and uh, she, you know, she did it because she only cared about other people. No, she did it because she cared about herself. And she knew that the best thing you can do for yourself is to be of service and to help other people and to love people. She, she understood that. And so she de- that's what she dedicated her life to. Now, me, on the other hand, I haven't learned that lesson. I still think that my career and my music and my family and those things are the things that are going to bring me happiness. But I d- know through experience that all of my misery is tied up in my work and in my family being safe um, or being able to take care of them or them doing what I need them to do so that I can be happy. All of my misery is tied up into that. And the world and what the world is doing. So if the world's not acting accordingly, that's where all my misery is. But now if the world couldn't do anything wrong and everything that the world did was going to bring me this this experience where I have an opportunity to love everything and everyone, then the world can't do anything except be itself and I get to love it. And life's wonderful. Well, that's a nice dream. <laughs> I mean, it's that's a it's nice not, dream. It ain't easy. People, people do. <laughs> it some ain't fuck, easy loving everybody. Dude, people do some fucked up shit all the time. Yeah, I love it. You're talking about how the world can't do anything wrong, and you're you're choosing to love them. There's a guy fucking stabbing you in the belly as you're saying that. And stealing well, again, your car keys. if some, if somebody's stabbing you in your belly, it's pretty difficult to do it. Speaking speaking of stabbing themselves in the belly, have you seen this movie uh, Nightingale? No, I wanted to see it because that's the chick who did uh, the Babadook. Uh, Jennifer Kent, I think, did that film. How is it? It's great, and it's on my list. It's it's rough. There's, I heard it's really bleak. Yeah. There's some real rough subject matter. Uh, do kids get hurt? Stuff in it? that I usually. Oh yeah. Okay. I can't. I can't do oh, movies yeah. where kids get hurt. That's out. I'm for me. with. I'm. I'm. I can't do them either. And somehow I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna hang in there and see what happens. Uh, and it was good. Uh, but it's you know it's a revenge movie. I like revenge movies. I like so revenge gotta, movies too. You yeah. got to set it up. And the setup is rough, real rough. I started the um, Donald Sutherland film "Don't Look Now" because it's like was on the Criterion Channel, and it's generally considered a great movie. And in the very beginning of it, their kid drowns. I'm like, nope, nope. Uh, I'll watch something else. Lots of other things. A lot of other options. Well, you're you're gonna have a hard time with Nightingale. Can we talk about Dykent? How far did you get into that video? Oh well, first of all, for our li- for, for our listeners, Bob sent me another thing to watch, and because I wanted to talk about it, so I wanted you to have some reference. I watched about a minute of it. How far did you get? What was the last thing you remember saying? He's just naming things, and they're saying, "I like that" or something. I I I, 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 could, I didn't like it very much. This is basically what he's saying. He's like. Oh man, that's some good shit. Oh that? Oh yeah, that's some good shit. But it's in German. Oh, did you see that? Oh yeah, that was dude. Yeah. Dude, did you Oh man. Uh you know what? You know what's really good? That Oh, Felicuti? Oh man, you got to check that shit out. That shit is good, man. Or what about that thing on Netflix? Oh yeah, so that thing, that thing on that Dude, I w- I like leaf through that catalog. Oh man. Dude, I'm serious. Like, oh, you know what's really good? Like if you put almonds on your on your chicken. Seriously, dude, it's hard to find. Those things are hard to find, dude. It's, dude, that's the whole song. 
Well, what is oh it? Are they God. like a are they are they like Lonely Island where they're like a joke band or something? So they that band started in I didn't know anything about that band until like 2 days ago. So they're a German band. They started in 97. When they started in 97, they were kind of like Beastie Boys. Like they still copy a lot of kind of Beastie Boys stylings in their stuff, but they're from Hamburg, Germany. But mostly they're really funny. They're just basically critiquing society and how crazy and ludicrous it is. And so most of their songs are about that, um, which I love. So I love, it's, it seems serious, but it's also hilarious. And they're, I love all the kind of music they do. They do everything from EDM to rap to uh, <clears throat> kind of like electronica and uh, everything in between. This is your quote to me about that. Uh, I, I said, I made it about a minute. And you said, yeah, I knew it wasn't your thing. But you said, if anyone ever is interested in what my favorite type of music is, I'm sending them that video. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Dykint, D-E-I-C-H-K-I-N-D is the name of the band, which means Dyke Kid in German. And the and the, the song is called Richtig Gutes Zeug, which means really good stuff. Uh, and... Yeah, just check it out. You'll see a naked. How did man, you How did you find that? Oh, I love a nice naked male hiney. I was watching. Uh, I was watching some uh, Peter Fox videos. You know Peter Fox. That I like Peter rapper. Fox. Yeah. And then I started watching his other band that he's in called Seed because he doesn't. He that's who he plays with normally. He doesn't do a lot of solo stuff. And then while I was watching that, I saw on the feed uh, that Dykent. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Let me check it out. And then I went down the rabbit hole and watched. I've probably watched, I don't know, eight or nine hours of Dyke King in the last two days. <laughs> Did you buy any of the records? I have them all on Spotify. Oh, okay. But the, they just put out a record last year, and it's it's fantastic. Well, It's I, so good. I, I'm a big fan of, I think it's always fun at our age, you know, all the shit we've seen and done and all this it's still really cool to me that you can be surprised by something and excited about something new oh yeah i mean i love that when that happens because i always think well i'm a songwriter i'm over it yeah right like um there's nothing i there's nothing i like anymore no i just don't like jason isbell i like fucking not that jason isbell's bad he's great at what he does and people love it but it's to me i it doesn't do anything for me Dude, if I listened, if I heard Bob Schneider, it probably wouldn't like it. So I, but when I see something like Deichkind, oh my God. Like, it's everything. It's their videos. It's their style. It's their attitude. Speaking of attitude and style, I just saw uh, Jack White on SNL. It's fantastic. Well, you know, it was just just blues song, kind of really simple, couple of guitar solos. But here's what it, here's what it, the symbol ology of that performance was to me it's like that's just a guy with two other dudes no trap no bullshit just playing a song and it was real and it was scary and it was powerful and he was looking good he looked great dude that guy looks good he's got a very interesting flavor he's two divorces in he's on that like oh well i guess i'm single i better stay in good shape he's like doesn't have a hair on his face i guarantee he grows his beard out he's got gray all in his beard you know what was cool about that though is that he was a last minute addition so this guy this guy morgan wallen 
who's a country guy here, was booked to play. He's his career is like blowing up, and he's actually you know you know me man. I don't really listen to that shit, but his stuff's pretty good. I've seen him. I saw him. He opened for us, dude, in an arena, and he was playing whatever his new song was. And the last person in the last seat at the top of the arena was fucking smiling and singing every word to it. I remember being like, "This was like three years ago." I was like, "Holy shit!" So anyway, that that kid got booked to do SNL, big SNL, major TV performance, blah blah blah. Well all these videos came out of him in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, just partying with people like no mask, no social distancing. And SNL is like really clamped down hardcore on their COVID shit. So he got disinvited from SNL. Right. So anyway, there's that whole story. But so Jack got the call last minute just because he's probably friends with Lauren. Who knows? You know, he's a muckety muck with those people. And they're like, Hey, can you come kind of bail us out and save the day? And he's like, "Mm, Yeah. Sure, and got that drummer and that bass player. Dude, uh, how good was that drummer? That with drummer the, with, was the, sick. with the drums all turned out like that. Yeah, I've never seen that before. That's definitely a very some some drummers. I've seen it. It's rare, but some dudes do that. It's pretty wild, right? He's like standing up and hitting the drums. It was just a powerful reminder that like, I and don't the know. songs were the songs were about like they're about COVID, so they were written in the last six months. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude, too, I, I, it's a very Bob Schneider philosophy, too, in the, that whole first lyric when he's like, if you hit me, you hit yourself. If you if you love me, you love yourself. Like, I loved that whole lyric he was doing. Well, I, I appreciate you giving me credit for his really good lyrics. Yeah. Well, I was just saying I thought of you, you know, made me think of your ethos. And speaking of that, we got to well, get I'm the hell a, out of here. Dude, I'm looking at him the whole time just going, okay, motherfucker, I'm ready for I'm ready to find any flaw or crack couldn't find one so good right so good well listen we got to skedaddle into the secret weekly if you like the show leave a positive review you can support us on patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash the letters i-o-k we got a new patron this week by the way tiffany tiffany Klapis has become a patron thank you tiffany means a lot Thanks, to us tiffany. and uh bob's other podcast is called the song club my other podcast is called metal up your podcast we love you out there and we'll see you on the flip-flop peace peace <laughs>